Well, this is not a usual opening for the podcast. No, it's Beyonce. Tuesday, June 21st, a little bit before 3 o'clock. Sorry we're late, and I apologize to Alex. We had some things we wanted to talk about. But I don't know. Um, I got to work late today due to a meeting. Oh, you want more of Beyonce. And there's another four minutes after that, which makes it extremely unusual and unlike anything on the radio right now. I'll come back to Beyonce. Um, I, I've had a lot of meetings, a lot of, a lot of fun things going on with the Ability Center. They've included me in an effort and initiative, which kicks off uh, in about two weeks. So I've been spending a bunch of time over there, got to the station late, couldn't connect with Alex have a meeting tomorrow with uh, with meal preps, Matt, to do some things, and I don't know, and then uh, back to the, bottom line, I don't know how many more podcasts we'll be able to do the rest of this week due to me not being able to get here in time. And I'll just leave it at that. Um, there are a couple, and if, Ale- and if Alex and I can connect tomorrow, um, I'll let her throw her thoughts in because we didn't talk about the Beyonce song. Uh, she... She gave me some quick thoughts, but I wanted to spend a couple of minutes on it. Let me play this again for you. What? You won't know, because I'm not going to play the whole thing. We've talked about this before. I don't get symbolism, which will lead us into another uh, topic and a spoiler if you have not seen and want to see Top Gun Maverick, I don't. I don't get lyrics in songs, no matter how obvious they are. I. I don't. I don't get symbolism. So I was wondering the song that she released the, the night after the celebration of Juneteenth. If there, if there was a larger message for the black community, um, in some way. I don't know. I haven't read any deep analysis of the song. I'm sure there are think pieces that go one way and then the other. They're like, yeah, it's just a freaking dance song. So I don't know. Um, a lot of tweets out there with thoughts, comments. My takeaways are, she, and it looks like um, that is definitely a dance song. In the middle of the 2010s, we called it EDM, electronic dance music. 15 years before that, when I grew up as a kid, um, I called this stuff dance music. To me, dance music was pop music because of the radio station um, I grew up listening to. Ironically enough, you might have heard me say this before. That was Q102. This is Q105. Q102 played um, mostly a lot of dance, uh, a lot of rump shaker, and like a couple of like I didn't know songs had guitars or that many had guitars until I moved to Detroit in '99. So to me, it was always dance music, but mostly due to maybe an Eminem lyric, one that you're familiar with. Um, people that weren't into that kind of music, like me, so Alice DJ, um, Better Off Alone, Kerncraft 400, the Zombie Nation song, Daniel Bedingfield, Gotta Get Through This. And I can go deeper and deeper and deeper of artists you wouldn't know, but uh, Tiesto now is a pop artist. Back then, he was a trance DJ. But you say I would I would listen to techno, and I hated that. Techno was like a genre, subgenre of dance music, of electronic dance music, techno, trance, house. Not all of it being techno. Um, I apologize. Beyonce 
does not get points for doing a dance song. Drake neither, who did uh, what, Honestly Nevermind, uh, that came out last week, and I've only heard a couple of tracks from it. And I guess you don't get points as a pop artist, which is what they are, Drake and Beyonce, for doing a dance song now. Because for the most part, 2013, 2014, like dance, EDM, became pop music. Uh, there are people, like, you know, you might know Calvin Harris. He dated Taylor Swift, and he stood up to Taylor Swift. And he's done songs with tons of megastars. We Found Love is one of the biggest songs of the last, what now, I guess 10 or 11 years. Calvin Harris, pop star. Ah, Calvin Harris was a megastar DJ producer before he hit with those pop songs. And I like this stuff, and I still like it now. Um, but yeah, in the middle of the aughts, dance, EDM became pop music. So when you're one of the biggest music stars on earth, you don't get points from me for doing a dance song. It's very good. It's very. In fact, here here are my two takeaways. Oh, three. She says like, like leave your job, leave, leave your job, and I don't know if there's a bigger message in that. I'll take it at face value and tell you what I've told you all along. Yeah, if you hate your job, leave. People quit. People, not jobs, but people are our bosses and coworkers. And it's hard to escape them. Um, and now is a, as good a time as ever to leave your job because there are now hiring signs everywhere. However, a couple of caveats. Don't listen to Beyonce if you do not have her immense resources. Beyonce can leave her job. She doesn't have a job like you and I. She can leave it because she never has to look at a price tag on anything. We're not that lucky. So if you're going to leave your job... Just know what you're getting into. Um, If you're going to another job, just know that if there are any cuts with the R word lingering, usually last one ins, first one's out. And as I've told you, I would much rather have all this painful inflation with, with now hiring signs everywhere than prices come back down and we see our friends getting laid off for efficiencies everywhere. So that's my job advice or my points to leave your job in the Beyonce song. Um, another part of it, the, the piano, I'm terrible with music. I literally flunked music. Mr. Leach's eighth grade, excuse me, music class. It was ugly. They were all music kids in the class. Like they, uh, most of the class played instruments. I couldn't, he taught to them, not me or catered to them. I hated it. I took my F and just moved on. Um, Whatever that instrument is in that song, and this goes back to it being a dance song, um, the piano or the the certain instrument sounds like Robin S. Show Me Love, which in 95 or 96 was one of my very favorite dance songs on the radio. And there was two Show Me Loves. Both There was Robin Show Me Love. I think the Swedish pop star... She had that, and do you know what it takes? Ironically, became a EDM star in the last 15 years. Um, let me give you these real fast, and you'll know them. Robin, Robin, show me love. Yeah. There, you know that one. Robin S, show me love. Again, one of my favorite dance songs on Q102 in the late 90s. All right, there's that. Back to, back to Beyonce. Back to Robin S. Show Me Love. 
whatever the instrument is. Sounds similar. There you go. Uh, I think Beyonce, not that anybody would ever have to show love to to Robin S, who really only had one hit. It was a great song. But uh, Break My Soul is like, I see it as a love letter to Robin S, Show Me Love. My last takeaway of that song is, um, only Beyonce can do this. And it's like when I say she and Drake made music for millennials. Uh, she certainly didn't make Break My Soul for Gen Z. They'll like it, but she could be their parents. I mean, if yeah, different generations. Um, that song is four minutes and thirty-eight seconds long. That is practically a musical odyssey for songs these days. Let me go through the arithmetic of this real fast. So songs have gotten really, really short as more and more people stream their music because. The more times you stream or the more people and more times they stream a certain song, the more money that the artist can make, but mostly the labels and otherwise. So the shorter the songs are, the more often they can play. I can divide two into ten five times. I can divide five into ten two times. Short songs, more streams, more plays. Beyonce, who doesn't need any more money for... Blue and her grandkids' lifetimes doesn't need to worry about that. So she is not hacking streaming by making a short song. It is so when you're listening to the radio or whatever and you hear some songs, Kid Leroy, Justin Bieber, for instance, Kid Leroy Stay is two minutes and 18 seconds. Um, Justin Bieber Ghost, two minutes and 31 seconds. Heat Waves Glass Animals is practically. Half of a marathon, well over three minutes. Again, Beyonce's song is four minutes and 38 seconds. And I'm sure the label is not pleased with it because less streams, less money. Um, I'm sure the label is like, B, please make an edit. Please make an edit. And she's like, no, I'm Beyonce. Next up, um, crime has hit an 11-year-old in Toledo, which sadly has been... Uh, unfortunately, a regular occurrence. This is different. Her name is Grace Routon. I take immense pride in, in correctly pronouncing names. Grace, R-O-U-T-O-N. Routon, Routon. She's 11, selling lemonade Saturday, raising money for her church. A couple of miscreants, neighborhood hoodlums. What's the other word I like to use? Not miscreants. Not thugs or scum. Um, they rode up on a four-wheeler by a glass. They left the lemonade stand. They came back. They wanted a pitcher. She went inside to go ask her mom. They took the money. Uh, they don't know who the kids were. She didn't get the money back. So here's how this is going to work. As much as we all hate each other's comments on the internet, we are politically completely diametrically opposed when stuff like this happens, we put all that aside and come together. So I imagine next time Grace runs a lemonade stand, much like when Max Tickmeyer wanted to help our fallen police officers, it will be packed. And I will talk about Grace and her lemonade stand on the radio for the whole damn show. So pass that along to her. In fact, Grace, can I connect you with the Tickmeyers? Maybe Max has some, some business tips. I don't want any money. I just want to see a successful business enterprise. Some lemonade, some hot chocolate. What else is Max selling? Now's a good time to sell water and other cold drinks. 
Okay, here's the Top Gun thing. Alexandria, I love you. You are my best friend. You mean so much to me, but I can't sit on this any longer. I will let you, this is all yours um, when we can finally connect. So I had seen that there was a theory about Top Gun. And I didn't, I glanced at it. I got, I was like, oh, that's pretty interesting. But then I started seeing it other places. And now a month later or so, um, it might've come from this opinionist, this writer. I can't pronounce his last name correctly. Russ Dope, that, uh, of all things, he's a very conservative or libertarian person. So he shows up on the Marginal Revolution blog a lot. I don't know if this is his, his original idea. What I posted on Twitter the, the other day might have come from him. And I love Top Gun. It was a phenomenal movie. It took me back to movies I haven't seen in, in, in some time because not a lot has been out because of COVID. It really is all superhero or animated movies like Lightyear. You know, as much as Michael Bay, who made the Transformers movies and other movies, gets heat for just blowing things up loudly... It was kind of neat to see loud things, loud machines in Top Gun, like Michael Bay. This is wild, you've been warned. And I do remember thinking, how the hell did he walk away from that Mach 10 uh, crash or what ha- whatever happened, wherever he was when they lost contact with him and everyone thought the worst and he showed up in that diner? And what did the kids say? What planet are you from? Where are you from? And I think Tom Cruise, so tired, fatigued, maybe broken, says, Earth or here? I hope you're sitting down. Maybe you're not sitting down. Um, well, I'm going to read this specifically. Uh, Cruise's Maverick isn't actually leading his last mission in the real world. He dies in the movie's opening act. That mock something crash he died and he's training pilots in some kind of purgatory working through his life's mistakes to work out his own salvation to reach a christian version of valhalla the northman was the other part of this opinion piece so what do you think i feel i told you i miss a lot of symbolism it takes me three or four times or reading something after watching something and going, ah, like even my diehard stuff. I mean, I got a real, I, I got a really, 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 like I, I, I read some dude after the Obi-Wan shows. I'm like, wow, I didn't even catch that. Then I recognize it a- after the fact, not when I'm watching it, unless I really, really know the material. But this is one of these ones where I, I go hand to head and go, oh, I, I, I thought that because how do you survive a crash in something that has gone faster than any human has ever gone before? Especially since we didn't see it. And then you just sh- show up in some diner. I can totally believe he was dead. Now, it was out of out of sight, out of mind because it's Top Gun. It's a fighting movie. It's about jets. It's a it's a standard uh, hero's journey story. Hero's journey. I think there's three ways of telling a story. Very upfront, face value, uh, making amends with his kid with, with his friend's kid. Blah blah blah. Beating the bad guys. Blah. Like it's all it's all upfront, face value. But Tom Cruise has a very very. He has the most private of private lives. 
I don't know what the hell's going on with Scientology. I know what Leah Remini hates him for that stuff ruining her life. I don't know what the hell goes on in Scientology. But if I would have had that more of mind while I was watching that movie, I would have been like, he just died. The rest, this is him trying to find absolution. Sorry for spoiling that for you. I hope you just had a big wow. Oh, wow. Thank you for being here today.